This is the Locked On Clemson Podcast. You have Matt Smith here with you. And what is happening in Clemson athletics? We keep talking about it as if it's the golden era. And that's because it is just more good news coming for Clemson. Most recently being named to the top 30 in the collegiate baseball poll. They deserve it. Monty Lee has got that team just absolutely smoking at 7-0. Really, it's been the pitching. We know that. And uh, the hitting's going to come around. Will it come around in time for the weekend series against South Carolina? We'll do that today with Monty Lee. Monty Lee was actually on Sports Talk with me last night. And uh, we're going to play some excerpts from those answers. And I told you the next time I talked to Monty, I was going to ask him about Davis Sharp. And I did just that. And... Monty gives us a great answer as to why Davis throws when he does as a starting pitcher, why he's limiting his time at first base and even at designated hitter. But his considerations may change because this team right now, hitting about 233 as a club, averaging just three runs a game. So Monty Lee coming up in the next segment, uh, and you'll definitely want to hear that. Uh, Great start for Clemson. And so what's the news? Well, Clemson's debuted in the collegiate baseball poll at number 26. Collegiate baseball is a publication that ranks 30 teams. Uh, And and by the way, at 7-0, they're 17th in Warren Nolan's baseball RPI uh, because they've beaten some quality opponents. Uh, Liberty's decent. Stony Brook's decent. Furman's decent. Uh, So Clemson's 7-0 against good competition. They deserve all the accolades coming their way. And uh, speaking of accolades, how about this love from collegiate baseball? Left-hander Sam Weatherly named the National Player of the Week after striking out 14 in his start Friday. Think about that. National Player of the Week. And I know Clemson's had a lot of national accolades over the years, uh, but none, none really recently. So this is definitely something to celebrate. And Sam Weatherly bouncing back in a big way. And he's spearheading that staff that has a 0.70 ERA. It's like the whole staff is Mariano Rivera from 1999. I mean, that's that's how this team is throwing the baseball right now. So that is just awesome. But, okay, so we do good news, bad news, right? Well, maybe the bad news is how good the ACC is and how well that conference is playing. Louisville is ranked number seven in that cle- that same poll, the collegiate baseball poll. Uh, the Cardinals boast about as much talent as, as any team in college baseball, right up there with Vanderbilt uh, in terms of just roster talent. NC State, a team that, that we saw was ranked third in the preseason ACC poll. Yeah, they're ranked 10th in the country, according to collegiate baseball. Florida State is 11th. Miami is 13th uh, before you get to UNC at number 20, all ahead of Clemson. So Clemson's 7-0, and and look where they are. They're kind of middle of the pack in the ACC. At least that's the opinion. So still a lot of wood to chop for Monty Lee and company. And we'll talk to him about that, among other things. Georgia Tech, by the way, just back of Clemson at number 30. And Clemson has its hands full today, ETSU goes against Clemson at Doug Kingsmore Stadium at 4 o'clock. This is the last of the, the the homestand. Clemson, we knew it was an advantage, opening with eight consecutive games at home. And to this point, they've taken advantage. They can be no worse than 7-1. and one. All of this before the big weekend series against South Carolina, which takes place at Founders Park on Friday. 
Segra Park in Columbia, a great setting. If you could make that trip, make it. That's a beautiful park, home to the Columbia Fireflies, and it's a great setting. It's going to be a raucous atmosphere there. So definitely make that trip if you can on Saturday for Clemson, South Carolina, where Davis Sharp, who we'll talk to Monty Lee about a little bit later, will be getting his third start of the season. He's been brilliant, been more than brilliant. Uh, you know, I, I don't know how how the adjectives, the hyperbole uh, that we'd have to use to tell you what kind of start Davis Sharp has had on the mound. Uh, he's been absolutely awesome, and, and you'll hear Monty Lee tell you why he loves him on Saturdays. And that's going to be a great setting going against the Gamecocks on Saturday. And then Sunday, Doug Kingsmore. And you know you want to make that one because uh, Clemson will, in my mind, will potentially – be going for either the series win or even a sweep. Uh, they'll be the favored team heading into this one. But, look, won't be easy against Carmen Majinski on Friday night. Uh, that's a game, you know, South Carolina could take two to one. But neither one of these teams blowing it up offensively right now. But you'll hear Monty Lee preview South Carolina, talk about Davis Sharp, where his offense is, where his defense is, and how pleased he's been with the pitching and whether or not that surprises him. So that's coming up in our next segment. Now, in basketball... Brad Brownell, boy, don't look now. Clemson has won not just three in a row. They're not just 500 in ACC play. They have been dominant over the last week and a half. And tonight, Clemson's making the short bus trip to Atlanta to square off with Georgia Tech. Um, So not only has Brad Brownell got his team playing well, it's, it's blowout fashion. Each of the last three wins, a blowout, and two of those on the road. This is what Brad Brownell envisioned when uh, he had this team this season, this particular skill set. He knew they'd have to do it with defense, and if they could get enough shooting, then they could play ball pressure defense and turn teams over, get easy looks themselves, and that's precisely what they have done in three consecutive games, and it's been a different hero each night. Uh, and most recently, it was Al Amir Dawes setting a career high with 22 points. You see what he can be for Clemson. And, you know, don't want to look too far in the future, but with P.J. Hall coming in, that could be a nice one-two punch uh, over the next three seasons for the Tigers. So, Clemson basketball playing really well. They face Georgia Tech. Uh, the Yellow Jackets employ a zone. So, now it's Clemson kind of facing something a little different than what they faced against Boston College. Now it's all about the, you know, ball fakes, ball movement, but you still need that good shooting. Um, They're going to face some length against Georgia Tech, but the Yellow Jackets have struggled this season, playing better as of late. But this is a game absolutely Clemson favored on the road. Um, I'd, I'd say the concerns in this one are that Clemson doesn't, you know, does what they did against Boston College, turns it over too often, and The fact that Clemson's been inconsistent this season. I know they're on a three-game winning streak, but the inconsistency still has to bother you when you take a look, you know, at this team, take a step back. The big, big picture, big perspective on Clemson basketball this season. Coming off their best shooting night of the year. Best shooting night on the road in Clemson basketball history. Okay, no Rick Barnes team did this. No Oliver Purnell, no Cliff Ellis, no team in Clemson basketball history shot as well as 68.9% on the road. That's what Clemson did. 52% from the three-point line. Broke a record that had stood since the their road game against Virginia back in 1984. So the concern, what? 
big drop-off from that record-setting performance at Chestnut Hill. Game doesn't tip until 9 o'clock. It's on the ACC Network, and Clemson could win their fourth in a row and get above 500 in conference play. And that would really solidify their spot in the NIT. And then, look, it's not over. It's not over. Yeah, it's kind of like they're down on the judges' scorecards, but if Clemson finishes strong still with opportunities ahead like games against Florida State, Clemson not completely out of the NCAA picture, but they dug themselves a hole with some inconsistent play. But the way they've played recently and with the, the quality wins they have, like over Duke, like over NC State, like recently over Louisville, this is a Clemson team that's going to be hard for the NCAA tournament to determine where they go if they win out and get another win, Georgia Tech and Florida State. Then we're really talking about this. Then we'll have some basketball guests on uh, to really talk about the bracketology uh, and Clemson's chances of getting back in the NCAA tournament picture. But right now, let's turn our attention to baseball. Still ahead on today's show, we've got Monty Lee. Uh, Great stuff from Monty about where his team is on the mound, in the batter's box, defensively, looking ahead to South Carolina, and to me, one of the great answers I've ever gotten out of a college baseball coach, what's going on in his mind when it comes to Davis Sharp and how to best utilize him. And we've got longtime broadcaster Dan Scott, uh, who used to do shows on WCCP. Now he's the voice of the Paladins. And we're going to pick Dan Scott's brain a little bit and ask him, him his memories of C.J. Spiller and why he's so important in the history of Clemson football. And Dan Dan shares with us some great insight about C.J. Spiller dating all the way back to when he first heard about Spiller as a high school player committing to Tommy Bowden and Clemson. All that's still ahead on the Locked On Clemson podcast. It's your team every day, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On Clemson Podcast, Smitty here with you. And as I mentioned, we had Monty Lee on with us on Sports Talk last night. And I think he's just one of the best interviews I've heard in college baseball, one of the best I've ever been around. And he gives us some great insight here about what he's thinking. So we'll go through everything, you know, pitching, hitting, defense, and what he wants to do with Davis Sharp, how he views his role on this team, both currently and moving forward. Great stuff. Uh, Monty Lee certainly has thought this Davis Sharp situation through. So we're going to do that. And then also, Monty Lee looking ahead to the South Carolina series. He's certainly not skipping over East Tennessee State. I just I edited that out. But uh, I think for most of us, it's most important that series, Clemson and South Carolina. Look, not necessarily that, that who wins or who loses, but how you play and, and what kind of team you're going to be moving forward. I think it's the first opportunity for Clemson to go against someone in their own weight class. And it's just a signal as to which pitchers can handle the pressure, face good quality. You know, it's going to be, this is an SEC team, but ACC level hitting, and then vice versa, how the offense performs against pitchers like Carmen Majinski uh, and who gives you good at bats. So let's, let's start with the really good news. And that's Monty Lee's reaction to the way this pitching staff has started the season. Obviously, uh, we're off to a great start. Uh, pitching staff has just been exceptional. Uh, but we also understand it is seven games into the season. And 
uh, we don't want to we don't want to make too much of it. You know, and the same goes for our offense. We have struggled. You know, we struggled to score runs, and uh, you know, we don't we only got a couple guys right now that I would say through seven games they're swinging the bat well. Uh, so uh, I think we're better offensively than we than we've played up to this point, and um, you know, hopefully we can get it going. We need to. Uh, we got a good ETSU team coming in here uh, who's off to a good start, and they're offensive. So, uh, you know, we're going to be challenged a little bit tomorrow night, but need to get it going offensively. But pitching staff, geez, I, I don't know if we could. I don't know if we could do any better than we've done up to this point. Our starting pitching has been outstanding, uh, but our 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 bullpen, uh, my goodness, uh, Jeffrey Gilbert, uh, freshman lefty out of out of Charleston, Nick Clayton, freshman righty out of York. Uh, you know, both of those guys ha- have thrown uh, outstanding. Uh, Nick Hoffman, another true freshman out of Ohio, has thrown really well, um, you know, along with Carson Spires and Keyshawn Askew and, you know, a number of other guys. Uh, so uh, it's been fun. It-, it really has been a lot of fun. And, you know, hopefully we can continue to do it. Now, as good as the pitching has been, the offense has been lacking. I mentioned the 233 batting average, team batting average, and also Clemson just being able to muster 21 runs in their seven wins. That's not enough, and that won't get it done. They need to throw up some crooked numbers. I even said before the weekend, I really wanted to see Clemson put up one of those 11-3, to 14-2 type victories. They didn't do it. It didn't come against Stony Brook, but they did get the, they did get the sweep because what Carson Spires did, uh, what Sam Weatherly did, what Davis Sharp did, uh, what Spencer Strider, Matt Clark, and others were able to piece together over the weekend. So, what about that offense? What's going wrong with it right now? Is it correctable? And how soon can you expect Clemson to start swinging the bats with some authority? Uh, you know, quite honestly, I just think we, you know, some of our older guys, we just got to we got to start hitting. Um, I don't know if I was, if I could pinpoint it, I look at, you know, the quality of bat number a lot. You know, our walk to strikeout number is pretty good. <laughs> I think we're only minus three uh, in terms of walk and hit by pitches to strikeouts, which is a big number for me in terms of plate discipline. Uh, but, you know, we're getting on base. I think our on-base percentage as a, as a team is around 370, 360, 370, so, which is not bad. Um, but, you know, the, the biggest issue we've ran into is we just haven't been coming up with hits with runners in scoring position. we got to come up with those two out hits. Uh, you know, we got to be able to get that runner in for third with less than two outs. And we just have not done a good enough job in that area, you know, up to this point. We've been getting the leadoff guy on base, you know, even this weekend. Heck, we had the leadoff man on base six out of nine innings uh, on Saturday. And I think we had the leadoff man on base five out of, out of uh, I'm sorry, six out of ten innings because we went extra innings on Saturday and then five out of nine uh, on Sunday. So, um We've been, getting, we've been getting guys on base. we just got to find a way to get guys in. Well, we don't want to forget about defense. So, Monty, how about that defense? Clemson's made some errors early on in the season. Is that a spot of concern? Not really. Uh, to be honest with you, I think our defense will be fine. We've moved a lot of guys in and out. We've played a lot of guys so far. So, you know, I think once our guys get a little more settled and we get a little better idea of who's going to be the day-in, day-out guys – I think we'll be fine. Um, I, I don't. I'm not overly concerned about our defense right now. We've had Parker out. You know, we get Parker back in there. 
He's a really good defensive third baseman, can also play shortstop. I think that's going to improve our defense. Our outfield defense is very strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, you know, overall, I, I think we'll be fine there. I'm not, I'm not overly concerned about, you know, the, uh, you know, the fact that we do have a few too many errors up until this point. Mm-hmm. I think Davis Sharp is absolutely the most interesting chess piece in all of college baseball. So, two part here. How, how much? How much did that keep you up at night? Exactly how to handle what you do with Davis? And now that the team hasn't gotten off to a hot start at the plate, are you thinking of maybe, uh, you know, utilizing him more at first base or moving him yeah. from Saturday to somewhere else? Just and I know that's hard because everything's going mm-hmm. so well. But he's such a great player. What do you do with mm-hmm. him? That's a great question, and it's and, and you're exactly right. <clears throat> And and you 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 guys know me. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you exactly what I think and and be completely honest with you. The hard the hardest part for me as a head coach is is trying to make sure that I don't do too much with Davis because, you know, in my mind, number one, Davis is our Saturday starter, so we need him to be at our best in game two on the weekend. And and I'm a believer that the number two start uh, may be more important than the number one start. And I'll tell you why because. You know, a lot of times on Friday nights you got low scoring games. You wind up if you wind up losing a game on Friday night, the Saturday night guy gets you right back in the series. So you better have a really good Saturday starter. If you win on Friday night, you got a chance to win the series on Saturday if you've got a strong Saturday starter. So either way, you better be good on Saturdays. Well, Davis is our Saturday starter. That's why we pitch him on Saturdays because he is the most consistent starter we have. Um, the fact that he plays uh, position two, we could play him at first base. He's probably our best defensive first baseman. However, I've also seen a lot of first basemen uh, collide with runners coming down the line on on throws that get away from them. Mm-hmm. You know, throws that take them up the line. You know, if David Sharp plays first base every day, you know, c- could that become a factor? If he takes a blow you know, to the body, and all of a sudden I've now lost one of my best hitters, and I've also lost my Saturday starter on the mound. So I'm, I'm a little cautious with him playing him at first base because of that. I'm also cautious with him in terms of the workload of taking that many ground balls, uh, making some throws at first base, even though he doesn't make many from that position. Just what does that do wear and tear over the course of the year to him? Because he also takes about 100 to 150 swings a day between the cages and batting practice and those things. So, uh, to be honest with you, he's actually a pretty dang good third baseman, too. He never, he didn't even play first base in high school. He played third. Um, he's, he's really good over there. But um, you're right. I, I, if it were, if I wasn't overly concerned about just his overall health in terms of, um, you know, are we putting him in a position to injure himself or to wear down? I play in a position, I would play him at first base every day. But that's why we DH him. Um, and that, that's why we don't typically hit him on his days that he pitches uh, because we want him at his best when it's his day to start on the mound. And uh, we just, I just feel like we need to do everything we can to keep him healthy and strong and at his best on the mound too throughout the course of the year. Is that not a great answer about Davis Sharp? I just we want to keep that. Uh, I just thought it was fascinating the way Monty Lee took us through, took us inside his head, and you know all the things 
that a baseball manager, baseball coach at the collegiate level has to consider. And I keep saying it. I think David Sharp, the most interesting, fascinating chess piece in college baseball. What kind of season does he have? Um, and, and how much does he contribute offensively and defensively? It's going to be fascinating. Finally, let's hear Monty Lee's thoughts on the South Carolina series because this is a big series, especially with the start Clemson's gotten off to. Makes it even larger for Clemson. You don't want to drop two of three against South Carolina. No, wouldn't be the end of the world. Wouldn't kill your RPI or anything like that. But I'm sure Monty Lee wants to keep the momentum going. And right now, based on the numbers, Clemson has a distinct advantage in the bullpen. And we'll hear Monty Lee's answer about the upcoming series with South Carolina in our final segment We'll push Dan Scott until tomorrow, but we'll be sure to get back with a little football as we are on the precipice of Clemson's spring football season. So we'll close with Monty Lee's preview of South Carolina. When we come back, your team every day, it's the Locked On Clemson Podcast. Wrapping up today's edition of the Locked On Clemson podcast with Monty Lee looking ahead to South Carolina. He knows how tough a test it's going to be. Look, ETSU is going to be a tough test. That comes up later today, but it's really fun to talk about that Clemson baseball series. One of the best rivalries in all of college baseball, especially the way they do it. Friday at Founders Park, Saturday at Segra Park, the neutral site this year's in Columbia. But I suggest making that trip beautiful home of the Columbia Fireflies, and that's going to be a great atmosphere with these two clubs that are both going to have pretty strong records moving into this one. Clemson will be 7-1 and one at its worst, probably 8-0, and oh, and then it's at Doug Kingsmore Stadium on Sunday. So what does this particular series mean to Monty Lee? How much stress is around it? And what does he see in the, you know, the limited, the limited amount of film he's seen on the Gamecocks? What does he see from Mark Kingston's club. Here's what I'll say when it when it comes to when it comes to starter and bullpen. Look, I, I I'm not overly familiar with their with their uh, with their starter slash bullpen. I, I know obviously they've got guys like Lawson and Lloyd in the bullpen, and I know their starters pretty well. Here's what I'll say: those guys have power arms. They have power arms, and they have overwhelming stuff. You have to keep running them out there, and they've shown that they throw strikes. Um, I don't know what happened against Northwestern outside of just watching some of the video earlier today. Uh, but I think the key, anytime you can get into the bullpen early, it's going to, it's going to benefit you because what you're going to force any team to do, uh, is turn it over to high leverage levers earlier than you want to. I know this when we've got to go to a Carson Spires or we got to go to a, a Gilbert or we got to go to, you know, one of our better guys earlier than we want to. Now you burn them for the next day or for the weekend. So you better win that game. So that's, that's, that's the key when it comes to getting to a bullpen. You want to get to the bullpen simply because you want to, you want to burn those guys for the following day and compromise their ability to be at their best two out of the three games in a weekend series. So, um, you know, but we all know too, uh, they got a Friday night guy who can match up with anybody and Majinski, he's as good as it gets. He's probably going to be a first round pick, second round pick. 
you know, if he's rolling, he's going to be in his stadium on Friday night. He's going to be pumped up and ready to go. Uh, so, um, you know, we're going to have all we can handle just with him uh, first. Uh, so, um, but we got a pretty good guy, uh, you know, ourselves going. So, uh, we'll get to that when we when we get there. We got a game, you know, tomorrow first with ETSU, but uh, it's going to be an exciting weekend. It always is. It's always a lot of fun for the kids and for the state of South Carolina, for the coaches. It's a nightmare. So, it's just, you know, just because of all – you know, there's just a lot of emotions involved. There's a lot of pressure involved. There's a lot of uh, – it, it's just, you know, all eyes uh, from the state of South Carolina are on that series and nationally. So there's just – you know, it's, it's, it's not, a, it's not a, an easy series to manage as a coach. You're playing in three ballparks in three days. Um, you know, you're not going to work – you know, Mark and I probably won't sleep a whole lot you know, over the course of the weekend. But, but ultimately, it's, it's what you sign up for. You know, the kids get an opportunity to go compete as hard as they can uh, against, their, against their rival in front of some great crowds. So if there's anything that will prepare both teams for the rest of the season, it's this series. So uh, it's a lot of fun. It certainly is. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's not an easy one to manage as a coach, that's for sure. But yeah, uh, but I've been through a few of them, so I've, I've I've been through a bunch of these already. So, you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm excited for the opportunity to to get down there and and play the series. Uh, but but we all know how challenging it's going to be. 